no. Because that's not fucking sexist at all, is it? <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. Like, oh my god. What the f***? No, it's okay. On this show, you can say fuck. Welcome back to What the Fuck. We've been off for a while, but new episodes start up again because the cat is back from her little vacation conning. I don't mean conning like conning men out of money. I mean like she was working at a bunch of cons, like conventions. Say hi, cat. Hello. I'm I'm back. I'm alive, which is amazing. Are you as surprised as the audience is? Uh, that I'm alive? Um, probably more than the audience is. It was, it, oh my gosh. So for those in the audience who don't know, I run an anime convention every year, and this year was just like particularly difficult. And I don't know really why this year more than past years, other than that my day job is super stressful right now too. Okay, I have to put something to the side. So I was, you know, working eight hours a day at my day job and then coming home and working like five hours on my convention. And I was so burned out. I was like, I have to give up something for a little while. Otherwise, I'm going to go crazy crazy. And so I stopped podcasting for like two months so I could concentrate on my convention. And then we were going to come back earlier, but my mom was in the hospital. So uh, this is uh, my first day back on this show. Um, good to be back, I guess. I mean, as good as you it can guess. be for us talking about, um, you know, topics that we don't even want to talk about. We just have to. There's some weird stuff. There's some stuff. Some of it's kind of been in the mainstream. Some of it's not. We're not going to talk about stuff like the Georgia laws or anything like that because I want to see how that shit shakes out. When you're super stressed, you could go to adamandeve.com. You could use the promo code what? W-H-A-T. And you would get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs. DVDs, a free sex swing, and free U.S. shipping, all for using the promo code WHAT at adamandeve.com. I hate to say this, but that is a perfect segue into... That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, Kat, do you think that sports, even relatively female-centric sports, kind of have a sexist overtone to them, generally? Um... Maybe. Uh, when I watch, you know, like the Olympics and you see like women's volleyball or something and everybody's in these little booty shorts and stuff. And I'm, I don't know how I really feel about that. But, you know, there, there are definitely things like, what is it? The, like the female football, like whatever it is where, where girls in bikinis are playing football and you're like, yeah, that, that's not for women to watch. Would you say squash is a generally female centric sport? I, I don't think I've ever seen men professionally play squash. I don't think I've ever seen squash. Eaten spaghetti squash, but like. No, it's I, also I, a sport. I've never seen anybody. I don't know anything about squash. Croquet? Sure. Squash? Well, okay. No. The, the, the winners of the Asturias Squash Championship 2019, Elizabeth Sado Guerrera and the second place winner, Olea Fernandez Lentz, are very pissed off. The grand prize, which they did not know was this was the prize at the time, are a set of vibrators from Pure Fantasy. Oh no! Because that's not fucking sexist at all, is it? <laughs> 
my god! That's terrible! Like, oh my god! The vibrator is sold, quote, as an elegant personal stimulator designed to give you sensual pleasure, unquote. And let's just say the, the, the participants are not happy. They say this is beyond the pale. They're aggrav- the quote, aggravated by the prizes. And the championship is saying no, at no point was this done from a sexist standpoint. This was just sort of, you know, it was like a beautifying and, you know, uplifting sort of thing. They didn't realize that that this is bad? I'm not going to say that using, um, you know, a vibrator or something like that is inherently bad. In fact, it's probably most of the time really good. But the thing about that is, is that it's a personal choice that, you know, not everybody wants one or needs one. And it is certainly not an appropriate prize after a sporting event that has these things have nothing to do with each other like it's oh oh my god that's why strangely (sighs) enough the adam and eve promo segged right into that (laughs) i I, I didn't plan it it just sort of happened sometimes these things just happen let's talk about baltimore you used (sighs) to live in baltimore it is a relatively corrupt town right um, I mean, I loved Mayor O'Malley when he was mayor, and but that's uh neither here nor there. It's because he was in a band. But um, yeah, it's it's not exactly the shining beacon of. I mean, it's supposed to be you know charm city, but it is not that charming. A lot of people didn't realize this till about a week before we're recording this that it came out that since May seventh, Baltimore has been under a ransomware attack, and they don't have access to most city files, including property tax files deeds or anything like that, they got hit by a ransomware called Robin Hood, R-O-B-B-I-N-H-O-O-D, Robin Hood, and they got hit with it, which locked all of the city of Baltimore's files unless they pay 13 bitcoins, which is about $100,000, to get it released. Baltimore refuses because, well, for one, you don't even know if you pay the ransom whether they're actually going to unlock your files or not, but also, you don't negotiate with terrorists. So Baltimore is trying trying to find a way to get around one of the best ransomware infections on the planet right now because Baltimore. Wow. Wow. One of my friends back home works, uh, actually it's, um, Dr. Gonzo from Nerd to the Third works like cybersecurity. So I wonder if he knows anything or has like a really good insight into what the fuck's happening. I mean, I get it. I get them not paying, paying up the ransom, the ransom, because that would be terrible. But I mean, like, I wonder what the impact has actually been versus our perceived impact. Okay, the impact is, now thankfully, the 911 system was not affected because that's a separate system. And I would think even if you're going to ransomware, if you're going to hold the 911 system hostage, that's straight up terrorism. Okay, this is a crime, but that is that would be terrorism. That would literally be putting people's lives at risk. What they're doing now is just severely inconveniencing people. Right now, you're not able to pay your water bills. The entire parking ticket system is out. Property taxes, things like that. Essential systems within Baltimore are completely locked and they're having to try and do these things via paper. Now remember, they sat on this for two weeks before it was revealed. So when they announced, yeah, this is why everything's so slow, they'd already been locked out for two weeks trying to figure out a way around it without paying 13 bitcoins. Well, then 
I would assume that all they have to do is get everybody who worked at the Glen Burnie DMV when I used to live there. And and that was the slowest fucking paper system in the world. And then, you know, get all those people back into old positions using old uh, old techniques and everything should be fine. It'll be running at the same speed as, as it would have been before the advent of technology as we know it today. This has happened before, not, not to Baltimore. We don't hear about this. Four other cities have been hit with this same Robin Hood virus, the ransomware. We don't know if they paid or, or, or if they got their way around it, but we never, we don't find out about these things till after the fact. This is a disturbing trend. We're going after cities. Do you think people, with the naming of it being Robin Hood, do you think that there are people who think they're actually trying to do good? I'm going to say no, because the way they spell Robin is like robbing. Yeah, I mean, just like as in, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of both. You know, maybe they're they're scoundrels. They're taking from the city rather than, like, hacking into people's bank accounts. So maybe they see their efforts as, you know, even being a little bit noble. Not that they are, because the people who are getting hurt are the people who need to do things and that aren't able to do them. Well, I'm going to say no, because obviously we don't know if all of the city ransoms are by the same people and whatnot. We don't know that. Other places have been hit, like hospitals. We are not going to unencrypt all of your patient files unless you pay us, like, you know, 130000 bucks. People could literally die because of that. Yowzer. See, this is why I have a problem with shit like this, because if it truly is like this, this greed, it is a level of, um, antipathy, I guess, you know, like a, a lack of empathy for the people who will actually be affected. I feel like a lot of people who do this kind of shit are saying, well, you know, we're going to hurt people with money and then nobody really loses out on anything except for, you know, asshole rich people. But really, like, the people who could potentially suffer from this kind of shit is on an astronomical scale, like, depending on how far this goes. And it really makes you wonder, what the hell are we doing with our, our civilization by putting everything of of um value and making it digital like this is literally why people put cash under their mattress is for shit like this because eventually somebody's gonna fuck up our banking system i've seen movies i know how it works yeah we've we've all seen die hard with a vengeance right <laughs> i love die hard with a vengeance yippee mr falcon we gotta we gotta go get gold <laughs> So the last one we're going to talk about in this break is a weird case of racism that might only be business related, but it's not. Okay. I don't know where I fall on this. I mean, okay. I know where I fall on it, but I also in a, in a way see what the business was doing. So five African American dancers at the Mississippi Strip Club, Danny's Downtown Cabaret in Jackson, Mississippi, have just won a $3 million verdict against the company for racism. Because they said only the black strippers were fined if they missed a shift. White strippers were not. Mexican strippers were not. After a while, all the black strippers were moved to a specific club, they have more than one strip club, called Black Diamonds, and that they were paid less than their white counterparts. Now, they just won, and, you know, the EEOC helped them. The strip club is saying this was all just business because the patrons, this is Mississippi, didn't like the black strippers. So they moved the black strippers to the black neighborhood where the black people were saying, we don't want the white strippers in this club, and the white people were saying, why are there black strippers in this club? Now, that's just straight-up racism. But from a business perspective, if your clients don't want to see the black strippers, you move them to the club where they're 
going to be popular, wouldn't you think? Do you kind of see how I can go, it's probably racism, but there's a weird business motive behind it, too? Yeah, I mean, it does highlight how absolutely filthy and disgusting racism is, but I, I do see your point of supply and demand. You're taking your, excuse me, this is a disgusting term, but you're taking your product to is going to profit the most. Sorry, I feel disgusting even saying that in those terms, but that's, you know, how the managers are probably looking at it is filling filling the demand where it's going to make them the most money. On the other hand, it is inherently ground in racism and there are the other allegations of uh we don't get paid as much and we're the only ones who are ever getting in trouble for the same thing that everybody else does. Again, they're saying that was all just business. The white strippers bring in more money, so it's they're not de-incentivized to be finding them, and that when the black strippers were moved to black diamonds, they were getting more in tips because they were in a neighborhood that wanted them. So again, they're saying, like you put, it's kind of supply and demand. That, yeah, they were being paid less at the white clubs because they had far less patrons at the white mostly clubs where they had far more patrons when they were moved to the black only clubs. Again, I feel terrible, just like you. I feel terrible saying this, but I kind of see what the business was doing here. If the black strippers are not popular at that club, wouldn't it make sense to move them to a club where they would be popular, even though that isn't a black neighborhood and they're therefore feeds back on this feedback loop of racism? You know, I'm actually surprised black strippers aren't more popular where all the racists are because there's, you know, so many tropes and, and things about how, uh, you know, somebody who's outwardly very racist actually just, like, watches... You know, guys who will say really fucking racist shit and then, you know, find a black girl online and call her, you know, a chocolate goddess or whatever it is that they say. Well, I, I think it's the same thing built in with the homophobia. The most homophobic people are the ones who like a dick in the butt more than anybody. I mean, yeah, basically, basically that uh, occasionally do just lay hate on things they actually fetishize. So I'm, I'm surprised, um, but not that surprised because racism is, is disgusting and all over the goddamn place. Well, we're going to take a break. You can think about racism. And when we come back, we're going to talk about thought crimes.
So Pete, we've been off for two months. We're back. A lot has gone on. And right now, let's just talk about like the presidential race and the Democrats and the Republicans for right now. We'll deal with other stuff in another week. So yeah. right now, right now, we have 24 fucking candidates for president on the Democrat side. That is fucking ridiculous. And the weird part is there's only one they're really pushing, and that is Joe Biden. And um He's a disaster. He's a disaster. He, he, will, he, he, he is as bad as Hillary was. He will hand Trump a second term. Yeah, he's the Hillary Clinton of 2020. That's what it is. I don't understand this fucking party at all. Number one, they're afraid to impeach him. They're making all kinds of excuses, yada, 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 yada. Pelosi, don't know what the fuck you're doing. I don't know what any of them are doing, but my attitude is I'm sick and tired of every fucking leader we get that's close to like, you know, 80 years old, 70, Trump 74. How old is Biden? 80? Hey, Elizabeth Warren's a spry 68. Yeah, but Elizabeth Warren makes more fucking sense than Biden again. I mean, you know, Biden could have had his shot. He backed off. Okay. For whatever reason, they, they want to trot out this dinosaur and make him the face of the fucking party. It ain't going to work. If anybody should be the face of the party, it should be AOC, but she's too fucking young yet, which well, is yeah. ridiculous. I, I, I think Bernie Sanders should run. I mean, he, cause we all know he was screwed last time, yeah. but I think maybe a Bernie Sanders or an Elizabeth Warren. And then you take one of the younger guys like a Beto O'Rourke or to Pete Buttigieg or yeah. something as Veep. I think a, an Elizabeth Warren and say Pete Buttigieg, that might be something to actually take on Trump because Biden comes with so much baggage. I'm not just talking about how touchy feely and pedophilic he comes across. Cause that's creepy and wrong too. Doesn't yeah. matter if you're Democrat or Republican, it's fucking wrong. He comes with so much baggage with, with how in drug companies pockets he is, in how much big business companies he is in, the Anita Hill thing, how many times he has voted against Democratic interests. He, he's basically a Republican Democrat. Biden is 100% wrong and he will cost the god the democrats the goddamn election if they decide to run him yeah. and i'm 99 percent sure they're going to yeah well they don't learn you know the whole thing is they they want this old guard in the it seems to be no matter what these miserable entrenched dinosaur ticks that have been sucking off the tit of the american people for fucking decades like mitch mcconnell and the rest of them they refuse to relinquish their power the other situation when we talk about refusing to relinquish their power is we have no idea what trump's going to do if he even does get beat because i don't think he's going to fucking walk away from this he's going to contest it he's going to jerk around his fucking moron supporters will probably go out and kill a bunch of people to keep him in power who the fuck knows but biden is not the answer I would go with a Sanders-Warren ticket, a doable type thing. But the other thing is, everybody else involved in this thing, except for a couple of them, Kamala Harris, based, Cory Booker, bought and paid for. All these people have been there too fucking long. They're corrupted. They're fucking owned. What we want, the American people have spoken. We want universal health care. We want Medicare for all. We we don't want to get, like, like I've gone through, getting fucking jerked around by these scumbag fucking doctors. All they want to do is get you on some goddamn medication so you got to come back every 30 days so they can bang you on the medication, bang the insurance companies, the shit like that. We are killing people by doing this. We need fucking sane people running our healthcare system. Not fucking morons that, that have uh, stock in drug companies 
or any of these people that are appointed. We, we need a clean sweep. The fucking government needs an enema. That's what it comes down to. I'm not sure Democrats, where the enema America needs, is really the slogan that's going to get them elected, though. No, it's not. But the whole thing is, you know, how much longer can we put up with what's going on? This asshole now wants to throw tariffs on Mexico. We're getting all our, you know, you know something? Where we fucked up is we're importing our food. And that's a real bad sign. But then you look at what's going on. All our farmlands are being fucking flooded, dried out. You got fire and floods. What comes next? Famine. You know, we, you know, as far as people like, you, you know, I don't know about you, but me, you know, I've always managed to make a go with things. You know, I've never missed the fucking meal and shit like that. But what happens when people start missing fucking meals? All of us. What happens when there ain't enough fucking food to go around? That's the fucking problem. This douchebag thinks by throwing a ta tariffs on Mexico because he fucking hates brown people that that's going to fucking do anything. He's not going to miss a meal. Look at his fat ass. None of, the, none of the people in power are ever going to fucking want for anything because they got us all by the fucking balls. You know, you want to control the population? Control the food and water. You control the population. It's that fucking simple. He also doesn't understand how tariffs work. He keeps thinking, no matter how many times it's been explained to him, when he puts tariffs on Mexican goods, well, the Mexicans pay for that. He has said that. No, the Mexicans will pay for it. What he doesn't understand is the tariffs are on the people who are importing it. Yeah. So while these are tariffs on Mexican goods, it's whatever the American business is that was, that was importing this that's paying the tariffs. So his fucking trade war with China, with Canada, with Mexico, with the fucking world at this point, all it is is Americans paying more, and he's like, well, it's a trade war, they're easy to win. No, that he he's had this explained to him so many times. He does not understand. This hurts Americans, you stupid fuck. His acolytes, his his brain dead zombie minions, just out there. Trump, 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 Trump. I mean, I keep getting into arguments with people like this, and they're like, "Well, it's the lowest unemployment in so many years." Well, yeah, because slavery technically counts as employment, so you're technically right. Highest deficit, highest crime rate, highest death rate of immigrants. Arguing with a Trump supporter is like trying to jack off with a cheese grater. Yeah, I, I agree. You cannot win. I know. And you're only going to end up bloody. I don't, I don't think, I think he knows exactly what he's doing. He's trying to break the back of what's left of the middle class. That, that's what it is. Obviously, someone wants this to happen. We, we've said this before. You know, there, there's got to be a puppet master behind the fucking scenes pulling the strings because no president in the history of this country has ever gotten away with what he's gotten away with. He has stacked the deck in his favor in so many ways. That fucking piece of shit William Barr who's just blocking everything. Mitch McConnell. What, whatever is going on, somebody's going to walk away from the poker table fucking rich and the rest of us going to be fucking broke. And that's the way it's going to play out unless something is done now. And why something isn't done now, you know, every, like you say, these fucking morons will shout down anybody who fucking disrespects their fucking orange fucking goblin god. It's a fucking joke. You know, the biggest reciprocants of food stamps and welfare are the southern states, and they're all fucking white. They're all a bunch of fat, out-of-shape fucking trailer park fucking douchebags who drop out of high school as soon as they can, and then they blame the rest of the world because they can't get a fucking job because they're stupid. You people keep fucking yourselves, voting against your own self-interest, because you see a guy who was a reality TV star who you thought was fucking cool. That's what it boils down to. La Argentina de la máquina de impedir. La Argentina de que me opongo porque me opongo. Esa Argentina no puede retornar más. Ya sé, 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 ya sé
So, Kat, we've we've brought this up before. Where is the line between breaking the law and just having a fantasy? We've got three stories here that are all pushing this boundary. So the first story is the second submarine in the in entire United States Navy, the USS Florida, which is the it's the first submarine to ever integrate female officers into the regular, you know, traditionally male crew. Well, a quote rape list has been found. Most of the male crew participated in it, and it ranked all of the female officers by their appearance and what sex acts the males would like to do to them. The men making the list are saying, this it, it's just fantasy. We're just goofing around. This isn't serious. We would never do this. We would never, you know, we would, we would never push this activity on a woman that didn't want it. Where's the line? You, you've worked with guys before. Guys make sexist comments. It's just something we do. But where's the line, Kat? First off, just because guys say sexist comments is a thing that I experience doesn't make it okay. It, it's not okay. It's not just locker room talk. But um, the, the whole thing about a rape list, that even if it is never intended to actually participate in it, women get raped in the military all the fucking time. This is, you know, if I were to read my name on a, on a rape list and I was in the military, I'd be fucking gone in a heartbeat. Because this is something that, as a military kid, I actually look at quite seriously because I think about my mother having been in the military and this could have happened to her. Women get raped. It it happens. We don't like to think about it. It's become more prominent in the last decade or so to, to talk about it. There have been some military overtures to try and prevent it or actually discipline, but a lot of it doesn't get disciplined. But it, it is a legitimate threat that if you are a woman in the military or even a man in the military, there is always that possibility. Now, I'll grant you there's that possibility in any workplace, but the military is supposed to be a brotherhood, so to speak where you should feel that you can rely on the next person. And if somebody's floating around your name on a list of then the sex acts they'd like to do to you, and you're not into that, that feels like a legitimate threat. You no longer trust the people around you because they're laying all this judgment on you. And and I think a rapist would be considered conduct unbecoming. Say it. Don't fucking write it down, you fucking idiots. Absolutely, they should be punished for conduct unbecoming or, or something along those lines because they haven't done anything yet, but they are acting as a very poor representation of the military. I agree with everything you just said, but legally, and I, I mean, I'm not talking about the conduct unbecoming because that is a specific, you know, jag that's a military kind of thing. If this were not military, no laws would have been broken. So we're, let's, let's take the military angle out for just a moment. Is this a thought crime? Or is this just a precursor to a real crime probably about ready to happen? It's really hard to say. Like, if this sort of thing happened in my workplace, HR would step in and, like, look at this list, write down everybody's names, and there would be punishment, I would assume. Because that it it's a potential threat. That not everybody might be willing to do it, but there might be somebody who is. You don't really know. If nothing else, there'd be a memo going around going, hey, don't ever fucking do this again, otherwise there will be punishment. Because it's... 
it's inappropriate in literally any workplace to have something like that floating around. Like, use your work time to be fucking productive. Okay, then what about from the military to the police? Now, the police unions are trying to draw a huge line between police officers still have free speech and whether you're able to do your job. A company called Injustice Watch has been following police officers. Now, I want to be very specific. This is not when they're on the clock. This is not when they're wearing their uniform. On their own times, on their private Facebook pages, making comments about shooting niggers and rousting faggots. And, like, you know, one one in Chicago, there was a video posted of a black guy robbing a liquor store, and he said, I would have shot him. I would have shot him without thinking twice. Others are saying these people should be shot. One was wearing a Confederate flag T-shirt at a at a rock concert and you know on his own time with his family and the, I, I could just name this list that just goes on and on and on that they've gotten from facebook and twitter pages off the private pages of officers and the question then becomes where's the line this is their off time when they're off the clock do they still have the free speech to be able to say and think what they want like the confederate flag wearer he actually said i'm from the south I am from Confederate states. I believe in the Confederacy. It doesn't affect my job. So basically, why can't he wear a, a Confederate flag t-shirt on his own time? Well, I'm, I'm really torn about this sort of thing because we've seen stuff like teachers getting tagged in something and then getting fired from their positions at school because, uh, you know, they got tagged in a photo of them drinking. And there I'm a huge fan of, uh, it's, it's inappropriate to dig into someone's Facebook page and, you know, make judgments about them and whether or not it's inappropriate for them to continue teaching. But on the other hand, if somebody's racist and they're a cop, I feel like we have the right to know. And maybe we don't have the right to know, but I would feel better knowing if the people who are supposed to be serving my community are going to let a black guy die or shoot a black guy because they're, they're fucking racist. Um, and you know, I live in the Midwest. I live in the more southerny part of the Midwest. So there's a, just a goddamn lot of racism here, you know, based on the, the everything. How are we supposed to feel safe in our own community? Not me per se, but people in general. How are we supposed to feel safe in our community? If the people who are supposed to be keeping our community safe do racist or sexist shit in their free time, I really am quite torn here because I believe you're allowed to have a private life, but I also believe that uh, the uh, people in positions of authority should be held to a higher standard. Like a couple of examples here. One cop in North Carolina posted on his Facebook page, his private Facebook page, you know, friends only. It was five minutes before he clocked into work. Today feels like a good day for a chokehold. Or another one, there was a, there's a video of a, of a cop who's, the cop in the video did nothing wrong. He's just standing there being berated by a guy in a store about, you know, how you shoot black people and all this, and the cop is just totally keeping his cool. Caption under it is, this cop is a disgrace. He should have tased that nigger, camera or not, I don't play that shit. And it's just, I could keep going on and on and on about these. One of them has for uh, under his Twitter account, you know, you're able to put like a little sentence or something. Every thug deserves a slug. Yeah. So shit like that. If you lived in an area and, and some cops were like, 
boy, do I love raping people. And, and, you know, and they type that up in their free time. Would you be okay with getting pulled over on a dark road by that cop? And that is, that is the life of every black person in this fucking country is they don't, they don't know if they can trust a single cop in this country. Police unions are saying they have a right to a life. The police unions admit if they post this shit or say this shit while on the clock, that's one thing. When they're with their families after they've clocked out, they have freedom of speech the same as the rest of us. Well, as we all know, as we've said so many times, freedom of speech is not freedom from consequences. So if somebody is saying, I feel like shooting N-word, then how can you let them, how can you trust as, as a, you know, as a, hey, I'm a big fan of the Confederate flag and also I like shooting black people. How can you even begin to trust that they can do their job effectively? I, I can't imagine a universe where somebody says, I really hate black people. And then you can put faith in them that they are going to not be goddamn fucking racist when they're on the clock. You're off the clock and on the clock lives aren't always completely separate. You carry baggage when you walk in and out of work. We all go home and vent about how shitty our day was. And we all, if we have an argument with our significant other, we fucking are depressed while we're at work. We carry our baggage around with us. And the same goes for cops. They are going to walk into a situation with all of the information that they had before they clocked in. It doesn't just magically go away. I mean, maybe some people have the ability to just go into a mode where absolutely the inherent racism that we they were raised with just disappears and they're able to treat everyone equally. But not everyone everybody can. We already know what the, what the consequences of that risk looks like. It looks like present day America, where we have tons and tons of white cops who have no problem with shooting black people, even unarmed black children, just because it's more convenient than, like, anything else for them. Like, good God, we know what it looks like already. When it comes to a school shooting. This happened in 2018, but the story's just coming out now. 18-year-old Jack Sawyer in Ruthland, Vermont. He bought a pump-action shotgun and four boxes of ammunition. Now, this is right around the same time Parkland happened. It's kind of unclear how they caught him, but the police were somehow tipped off that he's planning a school shooting. They arrested him. His lawyers, quite successfully to date have said that it was all just a fantasy, that he was never going to shoot anybody. These were shells and shotguns for his own amusement. He had a shooting range sort of outside the back of his house where he had been practicing. He had detailed lists of the bullies and all this, and that this was just a power fantasy. This was a way for him to work through the fact that he was constantly bullied at school. The fact is, he never actually did anything. The courts look like they're going to come down on his side, that this was fantasy. So where is the line between I want to shoot up a school and I'm driving there to shoot up a school? You know, it's sort of that thing where you can be planning murder, but until you actually do it, it you know, attempt it, it's not attempted murder. You know what I mean? It's it's just fantasy while you're in the planning stage. I really want to kill my wife. I hate my wife. Or, you know, the wife is, I hate my husband. I want to kill my husband. It's just fantasy until you actually do it. Like, I'm sure you've lost your temper at work before and said, I'm going to fucking kill you after work. Uh, you don't actually mean it. No, I mostly talk about killing myself because um, millennials are very nihilistic like that. Okay, well, you get my point. <laughs> Where's yeah. the line? Did Jack Sawyer commit a crime or is this another kind of 1984 thought crime where you're not allowed to fantasize things just because you could? 
go through with them. It's not, like I said, he had a shooting range behind his house. He had been practicing. Lots of people just shoot for fun. His lawyers can probably very successfully argue he bought the pump-action shotgun and the four boxes of ammunition for personal use. Most people's high school life is shit. You're young, you're dumb. I think if the police haven't had enough evidence, then then they wouldn't have arrested him for no reason. So I think the the greater question would be, how did they find out that he was, what what tipped them off? Because if he was going around posting on fucking 4chan that he's going to shoot up a school, as people tend to do before they get caught, then then this is not a thought crime. That is a, that is a plan. That is an in- announced intention, you know? Um, or if there was just some concerned neighbor, then that might be a thought crime. If somebody was just like, oh, I see that kid walking in the house with gun stuff, and I think he's troubled, according to his mom. I'm going to call the police. You know, then that's just a concerned citizen. I don't think the police, as we, you know, just finished trashing the police a segment ago, but I don't think the police would have uh, taken him in for no reason. I mean, there's people have been arrested for less. People have done time for less. Did you ever hear of the anime Death Note? Uh, yes, my girlfriend watches it. I've never seen it, but I, I know she watches it. So Death Note is the story of a young guy who uh, gets this book from a death god, and if you write somebody's name in it, they'll die. And so after Death Note came out, there was a lot of kids who were buying the Death Note merchandise, including the the book, the notebook itself, and they would actually write the their, the names of their bullies and shit inside of this book. Uh, and kids were at the time getting arrested and. Spelled, even though they didn't have any weapons, they didn't have any um, intent of actually doing anything. They were literally just writing names down in a notebook, and that notebook happened to be called a death note. So the police, who didn't know shit about what the show was, assumed that these kids were going to try and kill somebody and arrested these kids. And people actually, like, did try to kill people. Life's weird. But anyway... It's not like they were saying, well, this kid owns guns and is bullied, therefore we need to take him into custody. There had to have been a legitimate somewhere in there. But obviously this article that we're reading from didn't go into enough detail. Thought crimes, because this is something they bring up all the time. Why can't you fantasize? Like, I mean, you're a role player. You you play role playing games. Mm -hmm. What if you have an intricately detailed story? You know, I mean, Dungeons and Dragons, you couldn't do this because I don't think it would fit, but some sort of a sci-fi setting like like, uh, paranoia or something like that, your characters are going to go and shoot up a school. So you've got these intricate school plans and everything. You could now be arrested for going, they're planning a school shooting. And you'd be going, no, 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 it's just a game. And they'd be going, "Uh uh-huh, it's just a game. Yeah, because that is a potential genuine threat. If somebody is making plans to... We have to draw the line somewhere. I don't know where the line is, but if you can legally obtain weapons that are meant for literally no other purpose than to destroy, and then you can drag them wherever you want in the fucking country because of all of these laws that say you can conceal carry, and then you haven't committed a crime until you shot someone, does that seem kind of fucked up? Like, that's a level of trust I do not have in Americans because, you know, like 12 people just died in Virginia Beach. <laughs> well, it, it's sort of like I was watching this PBS special a couple of years ago on on the undercover cop or undercover fed hitman. You know, when you go to try and buy a hitman and it's actually an undercover federal officer, there are so, so there's such specific things that have to be ticked off. It can't be just going, hey, cat, 
I'm going to pay you like, you know, a thousand bucks to kill my mom. You can't just do that. You have to have intent. You have to have them going to get the money. You have to have a plan. You have to have all of these things checked off. You're, you're saying to yourself, but they're trying to hire a hitman. Isn't that enough? No, legally it isn't. Because they could just be fantasizing and going, I really wish my spouse were dead. And I'm just going to talk to somebody. There, it's therapeutic. It's out of my system. Yeah, but you're hiring a hitman. But like I said, legally, to make the case stick, they have an incredibly long checklist of things that have to all be ticked off before they can say, okay, now a crime has been committed. Understandable, but but also, like in the case that we're talking about, you know, what what were the actual charges against the young man who was probably going to try and shoot up a school? Conspiracy. Ah, see? Conspiracy. That's not the most insane charge to levy against somebody who uh, had a potential hit list access to weapons. It's not just... a huge stretch. I don't like school shootings. I don't like guns or any of this stuff. I just think this is a slippery slope. Sooner or later, just being able to fantasize about something will be a crime. Well, there's a difference between like, oh, I, I'm fantasizing about it and I, I dreamt about it and I wrote about it in my diary. And then there's a big difference between I'm keeping a list of people who I hate and also I'm buying guns. I don't think that that's like crazy. I don't think that that is a, you know, like a huge, you know, disservice to the person to say that that's a conspiracy. I don't think that that's a stretch of the truth. Okay. I just think slippery slope. You always think everything's a slippery slope. Because it is. Everything can be a slippery slope. On that note, you know what isn't a slippery slope? The cat. Where can people find her now that she's kind of back in the world? Now that I am back in the world, you can find me on Twitter at LabyrinthCat and Facebook.com slash NerdistCat. And I'm back on my other podcasts, obviously, so you can check them out. Thespian Talk over on RTGomer.com and uh, Nerd to the Third Power. Start back up for me as well um, on YouTube and iTunes. And we actually are potentially planning uh, a new little program for you guys. So um, if you actually listen to Nerd to the Third, which I don't think most of you do, but if you do, um, stay tuned for potentially some really cool new stuff. You can find me at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Try to be a cut above. Keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Have a good night.
Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.